Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Imagine taking the time and effort to cultivate hemp across hundreds of acres, only to find out that your harvest is contaminated with mold. Enter Jill Ellsworth, founder and CEO of Willow Industries, which uses ozone as an organic kill step to decontaminate cannabis and hemp. Hi, Jill, and welcome to the NutriCast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So, Jill, I think some would call you a hero to many, you know, to many of those who are in the hemp industry. Before we do delve into Willow Industries, let's talk about you for a minute and your background. You are a registered dietitian with a Master of Science in Nutrition. What did you do in your previous life and and how did you land in the cannabis and hemp industry? Of course, I know it it doesn't seem like a common path for a registered (laughs) dietitian. Uh, Well, I've always had this very entrepreneurial spirit. And when I was getting my RD, I started a cold pressed juice company in Santa Barbara. And, uh, we were the first cold pressed juice company in the city things, you know, were great. It was, it was a really good business. We offered custom juice cleanses and we had a juice bar. And I also launched that company here in Denver. And while I loved the juice industry, you know, the margins are very slim and it was, it was a very challenging business to be in without a lot of uh, capital. So I pivoted and opened a distribution company. So we were delivering alcoholic kombucha all over the state of Colorado and, you know, found driving a 15 foot delivery truck really wasn't in my future. (laughs) So I, I, uh, I sold both of the businesses and, and really started to look at, you know, what was my next step? What was my next part of this journey? And, you know, continuing with being an entrepreneur, I started looking at cannabis and hemp and, I was, you know, looking at it from the lens of food safety because my education and the the cold pressed juice company really had focused me on how do we protect consumers and looking in the at the the cannabis and hemp industry I was finding that food safety standards I was so used to coming out of the beverage industry were not you know, they just were not there yet. And so I kind of had this crazy harebrained idea to find a way to develop a process to model food and beverage and implement a kill step into the hemp and cannabis industry. Okay. So tell us what exactly is the Willow Pure system and how does it work? Yeah, so we developed a proprietary patent pending system called the Willow Pure that uses ozone gas to eliminate microbials on cannabis and hemp. So microbials will include mold, yeast, E. coli, salmonella, and different types of bacteria. So what that does is our machine pulls in oxygen, it converts that to ozone. The ozone diffuses into our system and kills the microbes on the plant material and then diffuses back to oxygen. And this is all environmentally friendly, right? Yeah. So there's, you know, it's very sustainable. It's organic. Ozone is seen uh, organic from the USDA, FDA. It's grass certified. So, I mean, it's a very safe process and there's, you know, there's no, there's no outputs. There's nothing that's going into the environment. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And this might depend on where you're at, but is decontamination required by law or is that something optional? It's optional, but what's not optional is testing. So you must test your product, your hemp and cannabis material for microbials. And, and the rules are much stricter around cannabis, but hemp is becoming, you know, it's obviously a very hot topic and becoming more regulated. So I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see states requiring the same type of testing for hemp as they do cannabis. Okay. And I'm just thinking like, so hemp can be used as a fiber. It's not necessarily consumed. Is the standard the same across the board, regardless of what it's used for? No, right now we're seeing only consumable products have a a testing requirement. And again, hemp is not really there yet. In Colorado, where we're based, the state is just starting to look towards implementing mandatory testing for consumable hemp products. Okay. And so it doesn't impact the environment at all, but what about the actual product when hemp or something like that is run through the Willow Pier system? Does that affect the product at all? It doesn't. And that took a really long time to, to get to a point where we weren't destroying the flower. You know, we did a lot of R&D. Ozone is challenging to harness and it's a very strong molecule. And so we, we did a lot of R&D to ensure that our ozone concentration in relation to the treatment time that we're imparting on the product is not degrading terpenes, potency, structure, color, flavor, any of those important characteristics. How, I guess, how common are recalls due to contamination? Is that a pretty common problem? We are seeing that more frequently. I think, you know, the industry is scaling very quickly. And I think you're seeing a lot of operators that aren't used to, you know, having these large commercial facilities with state mandated testing. And so, you know, there's, there's loopholes in, in the testing requirements. And so, yes, you are seeing more recalls, especially on the cannabis side, but also on the hemp side, the CBD side, where your, your products on the shelf aren't exactly, you know, as intended. Mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest ways that hemp does become contaminated? Well, basically cannabis hemp, the plant is a bioaccumulator. So that means that it's going to uptake any sort of nutrient, but also contaminant in the soil. And that's going to essentially live within the life cycle of the plant. And so this can present at the end when they're harvesting it as yeast, mold, bacteria, potentially coli. And this could be from a variety of inputs. It could be from the soil or the water or the nutrients. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these farmers are using beneficial microbes and it's great. And you produce a wonderful plant. The problem is if you're testing for that same microbe on the back end, you're going to fail testing. And so, you know, it's such a big learning curve in the industry right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Are you still learning? Do you feel like you're still learning a lot of things as well as you move along in your business? Absolutely. The learning curve for us has been huge. I mean, we essentially invented this category, the category of a kill step, the category of developing processes for cultivators so they can ensure that their product is safe for consumers. And so we've, you know, we've essentially, you know, made this up and, and developed it along the way. And so the learning has been, uh, it's been huge and tremendous, especially, you know, learning about these beneficial microbes. I mean, it's so great, but 
you know, how do we help the cultivator on the end when they're using this through the life cycle of the plant? So did you find a solution to that or are you still trying to, to figure that out? Honestly, we're still trying to figure that out. It's been challenging because if a farmer is using a beneficial nutrient or beneficial microbe through the life cycle of the plant, you know, that's a really endophytic type of contamination, which means it's growing with inside of the plant. And so that's very hard to get rid of, especially for ozone. Ozone is a very surface contaminant. We can get rid of mold and yeast on the surface, but if it's really embedded in the plant, that's challenging. And so you know, we continue to make adjustments to our system, but really it's more of a consulting advising for the farmers that while this may be great, you know, you can't pass state testing using these types of products. Mm-hmm. And so you're based in Colorado. Are your customers only in Colorado or do you work across the country? We work across the country. So we're in 22 states and we have a facility in Northern California that allows us to bring in contaminated flour and product and clean it at our facility and then send it back to the distributor or the farmer. So we, you know, we have a large reach and we work with, you know, hundreds of farmers and cultivators all over the U.S. and also in Canada. Okay. And I have to imagine as a cultivator, it has to be pretty expensive to go through the testing and to get it decontaminated. You know, when, when someone does have to destroy or retest a product, is that expense reflected in the retail price? It can be certainly. I mean, you know, if you're experiencing a recall, one, you're dealing with the state health department, which, you know, be very challenging. You have, you have to recall all of the product that's on the shelf. And then typically the, the state and what we've seen in recalls that happen in Colorado, the state will essentially shut down the cultivation or the farm until the problem is addressed, modified, and, and think of, you know, you have all of these plants growing and you can't, you can't do anything. And so, yeah, I mean, I think on the back end for consumers, it's certainly you would see increases in pricing. And then what about the unregulated, you know, illicit market side of things? I mean, are people kind of just turned off by some of the more expensive products? I believe there's still a strong illicit market, especially in California, where the regulations are strict you know, taxes are very high. So the, I think the illicit market is still strong, but you know, my word of advice to consumers is that go, go the legal route because you know that it's been tested. You know, that the product that you're buying is essentially safe, that it's free from uh, certain pesticides that are very dangerous uh, microbials that can be very dangerous to your health. You know, it's always better to, to buy regulated products than not. But, you know, I think there'll always be an illicit market, especially for cannabis. Right. I mean, it's been around for so long. I I imagine people are going to say, well, we've been doing it for this long. Why would we go the other way? Um, But as you mentioned, you did a lot of R&D. How important is science and research for Willow? Hugely. Science is the backbone of the company. I mean, we are a database company. So when we started, when we came up with the idea and we started doing R&D, you know, ensuring that one, we were killing the, the problematic microbes on the flower, but two, that we weren't destroying this wonderful plant. 
and which is a lot of medicine, which is medicine for many people. So we continue to do R&D and, and focus on the science aspect of our business every single day. That is definitely our driving force. And, and the mission is to ensure that consumers are safe. And what about education, uh, not just for producers, because as you mentioned, a lot of them are new and still learning quite a bit, uh, but as well as consumers. That's a great question, Danielle. And we, you know, we've, we've kind of struggled on this because if we start educating consumers, consumers will say, oh, I didn't know cannabis or hemp that it was moldy or that it had, that there was a big contamination issue. And so we've kind of slowly moved into educating consumers. I mean, this is a great platform for me to start talking about this because it could draw a lot of concern, but we just want consumers to know, listen, there are testing requirements in place by the state. And then there are solutions for cultivators and consumers to ensure that this is a safe product and that we're modeling standards that you know and recognize from the food and beverage industries. And I mean, I'm just listening to you and I'm learning quite a bit myself and I'm just curious, and I'm sure a lot of people who weren't aware of this would want to know as well. I mean, if you get some some moldy cannabis or hemp, how much damage could that cause? I mean, is it really a huge deal if somebody were to consume, say, CBD that had some mold in it or something along those lines? Well, that's a really great question. First and foremost, I would say an, a patient that uses cannabis or hemp for uh, medicine, it could be very dangerous. As an immunocompromised patient, bringing smoke into your lungs that's contaminated with what could be black mold could be very, very harmful. Now, if you are you know, the average consumer and you're very healthy, you may not notice anything. But if you continue to consume products that are moldy, there are a lot of health ramifications that go along with that. And we've started to see that you know, through patients and, and word of mouth in the industry. So it is important that, you know, you're not consuming it and people kind of equate this to, okay, well, what if I ate a moldy strawberry? Well, yes, of course, but you know, that goes through your digestive tract. And so your body will break that down and ensure that anything that harmful is, is being digested and, and eliminated through your liver and kidneys but you don't get that opportunity if you're smoking it. So it's going right into delicate lung tissue. Those are a lot of great points. I did want to talk to you about being a female in such a male dominated industry like cannabis and hemp. I mean, what's it like for you? That is a very good question too. It's been an interesting ride. I would say that in the beginning, when I started this company five years ago, I mean, there was almost no women, no women leaders, no women founders. It was very few and far between. And it was so male dominated. I would say being a female in the beginning really helped get me in the door. I mean, you know, you, a woman calls a, a male grower, like they're going to call you back. Right. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm, um, a selling a technology. So, so yeah, I, I was able, I think to get in the door fairly quickly, but it, but it's hard. I mean, a lot of my days consist of talking with a bunch of men. And so it's exciting to see more women come into the industry and have board seats and our CEOs and founders and, and have a strong voice, but there's, there still needs to, you know, I think the disparity is still quite high and there still needs to be a lot more women representation. 
but you definitely are somewhat of a pioneer, wouldn't you say? Thank you. I certainly feel that way. <laughs> Some days I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? You know, but the mission continues to drive us. And I've always kind of like stood out from the pack. So I, I continue to push myself and try to achieve more, you know, all, all the things. <laughs> and, and what's next? I mean, do you have any projects or things on the horizon for you or, or your company Willow? Yeah. So we are just launching our series a, so we are raising another round of institutional capital. So, you know, that comes with a lot of challenges and excitement, but on the company side, I mean, we've released a new system, the Willow Pure 360 in the fall of 2020. And so, you know, we've just started rolling that out in the past five months. And, and there's a lot of interest around that. And we essentially took four years of customer feedback and made a new system that addressed some of the negative concerns, positive concerns, and really started becoming more innovative. And so we continue to innovate within our sector and continue to educate consumers and and cultivators and farmers. What were some of those constructive feedback that people gave you as well as some of the things that they liked? Of course. So The constructive feedback was they didn't like, because the chambers, we had these chamber units that had racks and trays. The labor was quite extensive. So you had to fill up all the trays with your hemp or your cannabis and then put the trays on the rack and into the machine. So the labor component was high. The treatment times were higher because the, the product was just sitting stagnant on these shelves. And then when the product came out, there was, you know, ozone has a very distinct smell. And so you could, you could smell the ozone molecules on the flower that would dissipate back to oxygen, but you know, that would stick around for a couple of days. Now with our new system, we're able to have a shelf ready product. The minute it comes out of the machines, there isn't any residual ozone smell. We've decreased the labor by about 80% and we've decreased treatment times because with our new unit, it's a drum. And so it slowly turns every three minutes or so slowly turns the flower and you get a much more even saturation of ozone. Wow. So you really took the constructive criticism that you were hearing from your clients very seriously. I did. It was really important to me and the company that we address these concerns quickly. So to stay relevant in the industry, I mean, this is not, you know, this industry, you don't typically get second chances. So we wanted to ensure that product that we were treating was acceptable for all types of cultivators. And also this allows us to scale more quickly with the volume of hemp that we see, we have to have a much more efficient way to treat product. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned you have an operation in California. Do you plan on going anywhere else? We, yes, yeah, so we have the operation in California. We have on-demand service businesses in Colorado and Oklahoma. And then I imagine we'll open in other Willow Pier facilities on the East Coast as that demand starts to increase. But right now we lease all of our systems. So if you are a farmer, a cultivator, and want to ensure that you have a kill step and that your product is safe, you can lease our systems and bring it into your facility. Okay. And you mentioned that as demand increases and we know it's just going up. I mean, you can't go a day without hearing something about hemp or CBD or something along those lines. I know. It's amazing how quickly that category has grown. 
Yeah. And you probably had a, a huge part in, in doing that as well, Jill. <laughs> I certainly hope that, you know, consumers can feel confident that their product is safe if, you know, we've, you know, we've helped. Well, it certainly sounds like you have. Jill Ellsworth, founder and CEO of Willow Industries. Thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today. Thank you so much for having me. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.